0: gents boys and girls welcome to episode 79 of the mad axman podcast this is the one that comes in the week that has been christmas for ancient war gamers all around the world or possibly depending on um, how efficient their postal service is as adlg version 4 has been hitting the doorsteps and has been furiously flicked through and thumbed through by everybody all and sundry and that includes all seven of us on the mad Axeman podcast so this episode whilst we do have a normal run round of painting is mostly devoted to going through the um, list of changes for adlg version 4 as they've been published both on the official site and on the mad x website so have a look at that sit back pull back your holes and get ready for the podcast this means war Well, welcome we're you know it's like about 130 something like that we just do one now we're on one a fortnight we've just lost the ability to control time but but we've also lost the ability to control video on andy but but he's here in audio on the galaxy a41 in, uh, the the and the rest of the team are also here we've got a full suite of seven in this our first post everybody getting their sweaty little paws on a glg version for the hard copy book Ooh, pre- people yeah. waving it people are waving it at the screen it's just my like thing, facebook isn't it everyone's proving they've got it here that's
1: amazing thing oh, thing it's thing even arrived in the states i'm told it's, it's even arrived in the states crowded.
0: it's arrived in finland it's 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 everywhere it's, it's ubiquitous uh, yeah. it's that omnipresent, that it's omnipresent. as yeah, um yeah. as Alexi sale used to say in the late 80s it's basically it's five seeks in a broken down datsun because wherever you go, they're omnipresent. There's always that by the side of a motorway. But but there are no Datsuns anymore. That's moved on. But let's move straight on and dive in. What this week we're going to do? We're going to have a chat about ADLG four fairly obviously. That's going to be the meat of this one. But we are still keeping with the same regular features. So to kick things off, a um, a rattle round the painting um, world. And I think Adam, let's start with you because you're. I can see you're painting a Perry. As we speak, in fact, it looks like you're dry brushing a peri. So you'll, you'll have Keith. what the whole you'll have the whole army done by the end of the podcast.
2: Well, um, as I say, the metal bits maybe, but the colourful bits are going to take a while because they need to be built up. But I've had um I started the first week was quite successful, and then I thought I oh, can't be asked to only painting that and the cricket season started. Um, but do you know I was talking about me ten mil Germans going, Oh, they just don't look German because they're grey greens too grey green. Yeah, great. We had a trouser um, discussion, didn't we? Last that's two weeks ago. Um, I'm actually quick, because I I remember saying at the time, perhaps it's only because they've only got that colour on at the moment. And then I was going to do a wash over them. And I'm pleased to say, after breaking up the whole grain greenness of it with sort of like a sand coloured red bag and rifle and stuff, and then putting on a wash, it really has toned it down. So now they look, they look good, actually. I'm pleased with them. They, They won't win any awards for painting, but for... Standing in front of my horde of T-34s, looking scared before they get run over. Um, yeah, they're, they're working really well. So i pleased with that. Then um, I got together three more of the ships, the uh, ironclad ships, because uh-huh. painting them so the mast out up straight is um, a pain. That's done. And um, I did that about a week ago. And now because it's a British summer, I'm just, I'm just patiently waiting for a window where I can take them outside and spray paint them, undercoat mm. them. Um, so that's waiting. And now I'm just sort of like starting on these Perry chaps. So um, yeah, good week or good and, two weeks. Kind of, kind of predictive, oh good.
0: Dave, you're, you're licking a brush as we speak as well. Um, I don't know whether you're doing painting or whether it's just a force of habit, just to, to give us the impression because your hands are below the video screen. Which is probably the safest place. Oh no, they are. They're here. That's good. And that looks like a man on a horse of some sort, with a little hat on.
3: It's some little man on a horse. Uh, Armenian cavalry who are doubling up as chinettes. Uh,
0: chinettes. Is this some more of your, you know, European pronunciation?
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I realised that I only had two khinets done for my medieval Spanish armies. So Knocked off another two more, so I've now got four if I'm even in the case. Mm-hmm, so yeah. And guess what? There's a load of francs back on the table.
0: Oh, they're back. There's still more francs being done. You've decided oh, to finish yeah. off that second or third army.
3: Yeah, there's about, I don't know, there's just too many to count. It's a bit silly, to be quite <laughs> honest.
0: So, was this a delve into your bit straw then, so to speak?
3: Yes, because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely ready for another project, and now hopefully I'm going to have the money to get them. Uh, so it's waiting for hello Mr Kurasan please get your Assyrians together and put them on your website so we can all buy them off you
0: Right? yeah let's see that that man John Katz does he listen to this podcast that's the question
1: that's the question yeah
0: or I guess you could wait for um, the museum to to do to redo their Assyrians because they seem to be redoing all the really nice ranges with even nicer brand new sort of Z range troops because I think the Mycenaeans are coming out soon aren't they as well Mycenaean might be tenting yeah that's an it might be. well I don't know yeah I don't know Peter were you um Well, obviously I think we're discussing in um in my week in a bin shed um which is a different story that we'll come to I think you've you've put your hand up for some slightly faded Mycenaeans potentially <laughs> which might short circuit you for for that rather somewhat bland army but um
4: yeah I just thought uh why not put my hand up for that I've got um um because i thought they're not going to be a fantastic army but i'll try them out for a bit of fun uh for painting i've actually enjoyed a bit of the nice weather and actually got out sat in the garden and managed to do some arabs um so i, I was digging through you know what, what in, scale in, were three, they 15s or, or 28s 15s, 15 mil I, I just realized i was digging through what i got as almost inventory while i was waiting for the book and realized i got a load of arab figures and uh, we'll go on in the book in a minute, but. Um, yeah there's lots more options so lots more things to play with so uh, I'm using the contrast colors they usually you know get nice and bright I like which, it. I which, manufacturer
0: are, which manufacturer are these from uh
4: these are forged in battle from the kickstarter oh, okay yeah so um as are most of my arabs well I've got some which are Donington and some which are forged in battle or oh, were they all Donington no some were forged in battle okay um, the latest Kickstarter, so yeah, quite pleased about it. Okay, so uh, you managed to remember you
0: bought an army about two years ago, and, um, and then it got delivered a year ago, and then you've remembered you had it.
4: No, it was it was I, I got it and I painted up a whole host of it, but then I played the and um, but they weren't that great as it was in that period because they just get stomped by some of the knights. But um, <laughs> I'll come to it in a minute when we start talking about V4. Okay. But there's a bit more right. of a separation now.
0: Okay, interesting. And um, Tansy, what, what about you? What's been you know, because two and a half weeks since we last were on this Zoom call, you must have painted, you know, a thousand things, but um, some well, of them actually, incredibly, incredibly well.
5: So, no, uh,
0: be an airborne division.
5: Thousands of things. Mm-hmm. I started work on the hills.
0: It's been terrain, so it's it it's, skips ter- it's and... been
5: terrain. Started work on some hills. Got the shapes cut out of XPS. Then I realised... Out, out of
0: sorry, of, of what XPS?
5: Yes, extruded polystyrene. So blue foam. What? blue
0: foam. okay all right i've i've heard of this miraculous stuff but i've never um never quite gone there myself but yeah
5: yeah uh, i uh, realized that i was going to need to put them onto bases and for i didn't have anything that was large enough so decided i needed to get some a3 mount board so that i had to wait uh what i while i was wait waiting to get out get out to central london's for shops to get that decided, yep. Oh, what the hell! I'll paint up some contain twenty mil containers and skips.
0: As
2: you do.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and they look very, very old, very dirty, and that's a compliment. Yeah, um, it's grand. Who, who makes um, these? Um,
5: uh, when I was out doing shopping, I, I'd see I went to four D model shop. a newsletter, a product called Keramistone. Okay. Which is an air drying clay with. I Think it's sand or very fine grit in it, so
3: that
5: up when it's dry, it's got a bit, texture, a bit like pumice stone. Okay. Uh, and also brought some woodland scene rock models and did some did some cast took some casts with the pumice stone. Uh, yeah.
0: So um, So you you made then, some stones, is that right? Yes. And you you cast these or something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That, you know, oh, I'm I'm, I'm not going out. You know, I'm not I'm not I criticizing because they
4: yeah, look fabulous. But you into... you're not casting the first stone, are you?
2: Oh, oh see, Andy's not on, so we need someone to. Uh... Yeah, that was good. That was good. It
0: was like it was like the ghostly voice of Andy from his Galaxy A41 has come in on the long wave radio and, um, and done it. So so these yeah. are the hills underway then as well. These
5: are the hills underway, so I've been glued onto the boards, so painted the underside of the boards, and today sort of use sort of brown acrylic i frame sealant to go around for I've, I've bottoms yeah. of hills on the bases and also used it to but i'd stick on the either rocks on the
2: yeah. field. these are these are the rocks you made stuck onto hills yeah. you made guys there's... can i just ask am i the only one thinking when tamsin said i've made some stones
5: i'm thinking yeah. I'm, why I, didn't i, I just go, go mate, out and there's... find some yeah. stones
0: yeah because I, I thought when you put that up on screen i thought you were going to say i went to a pet shop and they had a big fish section and I picked these up for a couple of quids, but no, but is there are they better for being made are they a specific size. Yeah, that fits
5: they, the game? They, they're quite like mean, they're, they're quite. thin, so only only a yeah. couple of millimeters thick.
0: Ah, so that
5: so you can just I put put them onto the onto the surface of.
0: So they're floor
4: stones that, you see right, okay.
5: some other people just use thin stones. <laughs> yes. Yes, but, but that's, where's the art in that, uh, Peter? Where's the art? You wouldn't get the same sort of texture.
0: On a real Known stone. Known as a
5: stone chip, yeah.
0: Yeah, a yeah. big chip. Okay. So, so there's so a lot so, of hills. So about a half, lot of hills underway.
5: Half, half of these will be sort of desert, wasteland-type wasteland hills. you other have a half of be done, sort of grassy temperate. Mm. Well, how do you get
4: the miniatures to actually stay on those cuz they seem sort of like quite steep.
5: <laughs> some of them are some of them are a bit steep but so I most most of them aren't that steep.
0: Yeah.
5: And okay. a couple of bits some of them sort of the steeper ones will be primarily for sort of skirmish games and I've put I've, I've, put, I've sort of carved in flat areas higher up at various heights that they can go on so
0: yeah okay so so stones and these will be for your jungle people then wherever it is
5: some of them will be for the jungle people some of them will be for sort of desert wasteland as i said and i say mostly sort of the strontium dog type games
0: okay all right so has that been your um your two weeks or have there been any little people that's
5: been my two weeks okay this means war
0: you know in terms of um industrial wasteland i've um, i've spent chunks of the last two weeks in in a two bin sheds in um tooting trying to help sort out um some of, one of our former club members out that late former club members collection which which has been a real reminder to um to me to to sort out my own stuff um <laughs> because the amount of that people can actually collect is is really quite frightening so i've been been sorting through a lot of that but in between i've managed to fit in some some painting i've done again those legio heroica ottomans that um me and dave picked up in a joint order i picked them up before christmas in a joint order just before the brexit hammer came down on on any sort of international shipping of um toy soldiers stuff across europe and um but it's been it's been good they're really nice figures they do look i was worried they wouldn't look different enough to the arabs i've got from legio heroica because they're in very similar poses but those ottoman hats with the the turban and the red bit in the middle are just so distinctive and they're they're really really nice little figures and i've um i've actually got some fire and sword generals to go with them but i'm just not sure i'll use them because they look so odd and so different um and the horses look really kind of gangly and lanky and, and and they just don't really fit together at all so so i might try and do something something completely different with that i i've nearly finished these little 10 mil um things from um i it's apocalypse games that this this new kickstarter thing that i've i've worked out what to do with them which is to to base them up on little 15 mil rounds so i can use them as counters for a game so you know tiny little knights on a on a round or or whatever because there's there's not enough and i don't think well I, i can't see myself going for that Get a ten mil army and base it for a bigger scale thing. I'm I've I'm just not quite there on that one. I've got enough 15s to do, but but there's a few board games that I'm going to use them for. So I might even pick up a few more and some some possibly some um um Arabs as well to fight against them on on some of these board games, which is kind of fun. And then I also fell for a kind of War Gamers Twitter terrain meme thing. So um I trying to think which of the two shops is it? I think it's Dunelm. Yes, Dunelm, which um, people who live um, not in central London will probably know very well. Um, you know, big, not quite DIY, but sort of homewares and stuff. And there was a thing a while ago about this um, bath mat that they do. That,
5: I think you mentioned it on the last, yeah, last
0: podcast. Yeah, and um, so I got the bath mat, and I I, so I was cycling up the a fourteen, and I got the bath mat, and I started cutting it out to cut it into irregular shapes. And I've discovered that doesn't bloody work and i'm starting to suspect because <laughs> as soon as you start to cut it it just all unravels really and, oh. and all these trees just disappear into kind of string and but now i think about it all the excitement on it on twitter people going i've worked this out this is going to be cool i'm going to do this and i'm thinking i never heard from those people again about the success of this project it was just a great idea look what i've done this will be great yet it was never heard of again. And and I'm starting to see why, because it doesn't really bloody work. So you're
4: basically saying you get sucked
3: in by fans?
0: Of I get such uh, I,
3: I suspect that Dun Elm has got um, some war games influences. Work. I think it has. I, I think it but probably has, has. They have these special people go on social media. Yes, yeah, just influence war games to buy these
0: twelve pound ninety nine bath mats with like really big green bubbles on per, for six mil war gaming.
4: And i, I and thought, still, how are we going to shift these? Exactly. Yeah. Who's going to exactly.
0: get it? Exactly. And I'm still thinking outside out. the box. Is there, a, have I got a really big, could I put it in a really useful box and put like a layer of water diluted with PVA or PVA diluted with water in the bottom and then sit the mat in it such that the PVA water would soak up into the sort of the base layer of the mat so that, so when that dried, I would then be able to cut it without it unraveling. So was well, the reason for this mat effort. again? Uh, about 12 quid. So was so the it reason? It looks very much like a forest for six mil modern tanks. It's, it's amazing. I, I must be able to get it. Hang about it. It's got to be somewhere.
3: Talk amongst yourselves don't tell him that it was all of us that were actually on the on the site trying to mug him into buying it look at that yeah. it was one of my sock puppets oh wow too they're all so looking all at that. In your barn. oh that's amazing yeah. that's really good you know what that looks like a six millimeter forest it looks exactly yeah. like a six
0: mil forest doesn't it and they're like trees a very big
2: six, six millimeter bubbles. forest
0: yeah that's amazing but the only problem is it's a perfect six millimeter forest as long as you want the forest on your battlefield that's about 20 inches by about 28 rectangular purely rectangular but if you start to cut it and cut like little bits out of it it just all frays away and it doesn't really um, <laughs> so why don't you time.
4: just burn the edges because burn the burning
0: spray. the whole thing might catch fire then but, then uh, it's it's wood. <laughs> it'd be a forest fire it'd be awful yeah like, the the- so there's definitely something about water and pva and and binding it together and stuff it, it's going to be like so, a two-year so project
4: what you're saying is by the time you finish you could have actually bought individual trees yeah really expensive yeah. ones
0: yeah you know the knock or the fallow ones absolutely it's going to be a lot cheaper you know my life would be much more enriched through having other things to do but but the sense of satisfaction about beating this bloody thing and being the first ever person on wargames twitter to go i did buy one and I have actually managed to deploy it because I don't think anyone else has ever actually managed to do that. Because you just cut through and it just all bloody unravels. Look, there we it go. Bloody green stuff here. It's all—it just fell apart. Even when I was waiting it's, it's
4: it. unraveling. just it, like your sense of sensibility of, right now.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm unraveling. The mat's unraveling. It's just all consistent. I think there of, must
4: be a
1: there must be a buyer's a, a manual in all sorts of fabric shops would say um, anything you buy must have a byproduct use for war gamers yes. and um, don't don't stock it if it doesn't
0: no well you know I, i'm i'm not going anywhere near dunelm anymore um although i have heard that what's the other one the other one is the range and apparently they stock um windsor and newton professional matt varnish oh, yeah
3: up. they do so oh, the range the range yeah, is the range. another
0: shop that's yeah, in, the
3: Surrey Keys. Go, <laughs> in the suburbs there we go in the suburbs
1: yeah. Before, that... before we discovered um, Rafa's Raff, maps, um, Aldi were selling um, sort of maps for 6.99 that you could make uh, battle maps out of. But I think they're they're quite heavy and chunky, and um, I think and were,
0: I think um, I think Ian Mackay bought some for the club. Yeah. And they were useless because basically you rolled them up and they stayed rolled up.
6: Yeah, but they made They'd quite never quite flattened like again. Cylinders. And when you try to put them down, you need yeah. To, yeah heavy lead yeah you needed a 28 mil figure
0: on each corner yeah um, you know or a whole base of 28 mil figures on each corner to actually make the damn thing sit down once you'd rolled them up once and the idea of storing them flat just defeats the bloody object so no, they they didn't work at all so, well, so you, well, you know, I've had...
1: tim you're missing a missing a trick here maybe you can sell some of clive's larger figures as paperweights decorative paperweight I'm...
0: Yeah, I, I I don't want to go there in terms of um, talking about some of those larger figures um, and some kind of interesting ones. Um, but yeah, so that's been my mix of of painting and um, no, it's not haberdashery, is it? Interior decor um, and, and things like that, and then um, ferreting through stuff in bin sheds as well. So it's been um, it's been very eclectic. But right, let's keep going around. Simon, you you're painting as we speak as well.
6: Yeah, so I managed to, over the last couple of weeks, actually finish something. So um, mm-hmm. I had this random geezer show up uh, on a cycle, I think it was, or a car. I think it was a off, car, wasn't it? Yeah. We of off a bunch of um, half-painted random Scots. So, yes, um,
0: yes, the half-painted Scots army.
6: Yeah, so um, I've now got um, six bases of Scots painted up for Renaissance and a general uh, unit painted. So um, I tried doing kilts. And try to do the, um, the tartan. Mm-hmm. So, above my painting skill, it looked absolutely diabolical. So, um, great. Yeah. Go to that Yoji. Hope you
3: buy something. So, um, so, what What was it? Um, Because,
0: you know, that was a half done painting project. I'd sort of done undercoat and a couple of basic colors, wasn't it? Yeah. So, what's it? Was it kind of weird picking up someone else? Getting your head around what the process was with um, picking up someone else's painting project.
6: Yeah, it was quite weird because when I pick up your fi- uh, the figures, um, you had a few guys who had um, white socks, um, a, a little bit of flesh, a bit of undercoat, a few green tartan kilts, and all that. So you sort of sitting there and going, "Do I do I sh- strip them all down and just start over again, or uh, bugger it, you've done the base coat already?" Yeah. And at least the, the base coat was good enough you could build up from it. So I went for that option and just use that as the base coat. And um they look very Scottish, you know, they are uh, yeah, all Yeah, no,
0: I saw the pictures. They got red some red and heather stuff. and stuff as well.
6: Yeah, so um they'll they'll definitely become um medium swordsmen with likely impetuous of some type, with probably the bagpipe polearm or polearm bagpipes.
0: Yes, the new pole arms, which we shall come on to later. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And Andy, what about you? And um, to kind of wrap us up on the painting section.
1: Um, yeah, well, I've been carrying on painting these uh, 10 mil World War II stuff, and I've now got um, a total of 32 bases of Paris painted up, which is an entire um, uh, army for oak group, um, and including some paras which have even got red berries.
0: Yes, you've been listening to the podcast. Episode number yeah.
1: 64 or something, I believe. Oh, Good. probably long before that, but yeah. Probably yeah, long before that, so, um, yeah. And I even managed to make five kind of workable uh, handle mags out of that uh, disastrous um, kit thing. So uh, okay. so that, that's reasonably respectable. Um, mm-hmm. In hindsight, I would have stuck them together a bit more carefully and in a different order, but hey, you know, a 10 mil on, you know, on this three-foot rule. Yeah they look like handbags with german guys in them and that's good enough for me
0: so basically you're saying it was user error is that the um the conclusion yeah
1: that's right yeah it was it was down to me i mean it would have been helpful if if the instructions had been completely idiot proof but that was you know they they couldn't expect somebody at my muppetry to be doing this kind of job so you know i can't really Well, well, i
0: suppose if if they are going in there with the 48 step painting process they're assuming a fairly high level of proficiency at at assembling the five-part model kit aren't they really
1: well, I mean, you know, sort of five less bits on painting, and five more bits have put these together in this order. I personally yeah. would have found a bit more helpful.
0: Yeah, no, that that
1: might have been the secret.
0: Okay, so you you've not done any ancient stuff at all then?
1: No, the- um, no, I'm. I'm, um, uh, I've, I'm just basically doing some basing and tidying up. I, I've uh, reconfigured some of the Indians I bought from Simon, and basically converting mm-hmm. some medium foot into uh, light foot by just taking taking one figure off the middle. So um, okay. I should <laughs> probably clever. buy a few more Indians, um, but I should probably yeah. wait till next year when museums do their sale. and I can buy the guys I want.
0: Wow! All right, amazing. So we know, it's, but I guess that does drift us drift towards thinking about future armies and um and drifts towards the next stage of the podcast, which is when we're going to dive into the brand new loveliness that is ADG version four. Well, look here we are talking about AGLG version 4 which we've now all got and um and Hervey has very handily produced a guide to the key changes which which is probably the structure that it's easiest to go through it because then other people can um sort of follow it as well so um just starting with Hervey's document and and seeing what people think um the first thing is light infantry get a few little changes um they're no longer destroyed if they're contacted by a pursuit, but but they can mm-hmm. evade from a pursuit. Um, they've now got a Zoc against everybody they can contact, which means in the real world, light infantry now Zoc elephants, which is which is the important one. And there's a new type of um, sort of slightly crap firearm, I guess, which is flamethrowers, nafferton, hand grenades. Um, who was very- not
4: to love with that? I'd
0: love that. It's got to be brilliant, hasn't it? It's, it's oh, a okay. crap fire. Yeah, yeah. flamethrowers. You have to want
4: to burn you've got to have the flames. Relight my you've fire. Got, yeah, baby. You've got to have it.
0: It's got to burn. D- Dave, you're painting some as we speak. Yes. Yeah. But I, I guess the big one though is light infantry has a zone of control against elephants in particular. That's um and actually light horse as well, tr- Um to, to be fair, which is important. So that's what what do we think about that one? It's um anybody. Well the, you the bit you're well missing needed? as well
4: is the initiative piece as well. So they that's actually true, actually. Yes, which is, count for uh, initiative. And that's going to be a big changer.
0: Yeah, that's important. So, how do we think that this might change the game?
6: I think it'll be quite enjoyable because I think, um, yeah, I'm a big medieval fan. So, yeah, as always, people know I like my heavy metal. Those later armies, but a lot of those don't get much in the way of light horse. Beginning more, be able to use light foot to give me that initiative. Will actually mean some of my armies have it have say more than an issue of either zero or one. So I'm looking forward to that part.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wondered if you it would mean. Use your assignment because you, you need shed loads of you shed loads of light infantry to make a difference to in
6: the initiative score. I'd be happy for an issue of one in some of my armies. So you know. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right.
0: I I wonder if what it will mean is that there will be more armies getting up to an initiative of the the plus two from the light horse. so instead of just saying i'm just taking two light horse you might say i'm taking four and six light infantry so i think it will lead to a few more light horse um which will you know mean less troops in the middle so that will kind of balance things out a bit so i you know I, i can see the light horse and the flanks being a bit more important in the game um and and for other reasons as well but um and also defanging elephants a little bit with a zock you know you're going to screen them most times anyway aren't you i suppose but um but being able to zock other people i suppose you can whiz around the back and kind of get hold of them
3: that's that's going to be a big one i mean the, the thing about the elephants is the big deal because you're going to have to have an elephant you know if elephants will scream with light foot there's going to be a serious light foot fight before the elephants get anywhere so it slows the elephants down if anything
1: hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I suppose it I, stops it, elephants marching around on their own um, because Light Tree can kind of pin them from behind. They have to be part of the battle line now. They can't do that kind of, you know, just roam around one elephant solo, even more so than it used to. Sure.
4: You've got to love the Nafferton stuff though. Zero protection against it, you know? Yeah. Bit, yeah. bit of flames. Yeah, you can just imagine it. You know, Simon's just rocking up with his heaviest of heavy metal, I just have a little bit of light inventory and, uh, you know, it's time to torch, baby.
6: Yeah. Okay. There was, um, I think, also from a modeling point, having the guys with flamethrowers would be great fun. There was um, back in Australia, there was a, one of the guys who was really good at making models and he'd actually made, um, I think it was like back in the day, it was called the um, Siloy X, uh, where it was like, you know, Silo would hang uh, with um, Greek fire. It was quite Greek Fire. So he actually had for Throwing hand grenades, and then he had artillery. Yeah, the um, the pigs on fire. So he actually had a model of a chat of the catapult with the um, the pig on fire coming out of it. So I could I could see the more evil war gamers are just going to have fun with things on fire.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I think it's safe to say my painting and modelling abilities will not be going to that level. Doing pigs on fire,
6: <laughs> but on the plus side, it does justify bacon in uh, war gaming competitions now. Yeah. Okay.
4: So, right, so what's that? Uh, a bacon butty
6: on a uh, forty by forty? Yeah, <laughs> that,
0: if it fits on a forty by forty, it should be on a triangle. But um, but going on to um, the changes for bowmen and crossbow, so they can now interpenetrate medium and heavy swordsmen um, and other bowmen and javelinmen. They can now charge anybody. They they don't before they weren't able to charge um, most battle troops. Really, longbow get a bit cheaper. Um, most medieval crossbowmen now have the option for pavice as well um there's a lot here english archers and the burgundian ordnance become medium swordsmen with longbows so they can stand and fight a bit better um and then there's a handful of armies who have light medium infantry handgunners um that effectively crossbows that go bang but um i guess looking at this i i suppose the the biggies are they can charge enemies which which is a thing um and longbows get cheaper and some of them become a bit more combat ready. So does anybody use those sort of longbow armies or anybody given a good old go with them in the past?
1: I'm, I'm tempted to actually do an English longbow army. I've actually got the figures, but I never did it in version three because the longbows were just so expensive. But now you can get your longbow to do medium sword as well. That makes I'm I'm seriously thinking of looking at that as an option for a you know a heavy metal medieval army.
2: I'm painting up um, French ordnance even as we speak, and they would have um, quite a few longbows in. And the fact that you can choose to contact, the fact that they've got swords, so they're going to be more effective in the rough and can actually fight in the rough, um, it just gives them more options, so it makes them more useful. So that's a good thing. And the downside for me is um, they lose their eliteness, which is actually um, really annoying because elite longbows are just like, were really, really effective. And now they're a bit less effective, but they become more versatile. So, yeah, that's useful. I'll take that.
6: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you, Adam. I think having the, the long and lose their elite makes them less horrifying. But having them as swordsmen actually means they can pick a fight with something other than mounted.
4: But you, you can make some elite. No, not, in not, the, um, not, not in the French in the French not I know, but Hundred Years' War, English, yeah. you can
3: uh, bump them up to elite. Yeah. Even with or without
6: elite. I think the idea is
3: now have- so um... What they've done is for most of them, in a, in a certain date range, they're longbowmen elite. Then at a certain point, they become medium swordsman longbow, with or without stakes. Yeah.
6: Um, so they're basically, they're genissaries with longbows. So yeah. which is I think is great. It actually means to me makes sense. You know, you've got to go with a big sort, big bow. and When it gets down to close and intimate, he pulls out a rotting great big sword and goes, I'll have you, I'll have you. Yeah. I think that'll be great fun. And also my 25 mil um, longbow finally come out of the couple of box. So it's a win-win for me. That's true.
0: Yeah, they just needed to be cheaper, you know. And, and yeah. in some ways, if they become less of them are able to be upgraded to elite and elite becomes rarer that makes the ordinary one being cheaper almost a double bonus. So you want to be fielding a lot of them. That's the right sort of field. And they were just too expensive. The right way to field those armies was to field three or four. Yeah. Which just didn't really cut it. I, I also like the, um, the Pavise thing because Pavise is really nice to paint and model. Yeah. Um, and, and that you know that, there is no real reason. Does <laughs> anyone actually happen.
4: use Pavises? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, no, I think it's really yeah, good. Yeah.
6: Especially in the later medievals. Um, especially in 25 mil, you, you bought the Perry box of miniatures, and so you had to have the, the, um, the shields, so you bought them on the table. So um, it was quite nice when someone shoots you, you go, I've got pavise. I've yep. got fiction
2: two type of thing. So, and even in game turns, when I did um, 100 Yours French, there you can have some gas bo- Gascon crossbows, yep. you can give them a pavise and make them elite. And people tend to think, oh, longbows are just like they'll take on anything. But it's like elite crossbows with Plavis are just like yeah. really, really funny. Even against foot knights, they're sort of like being quite scary. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's quite a good deal. Do- and yeah, they can longbows- go and hunt
0: down other bowmen, can't they? That's the thing. because yeah. they're yeah. In-
2: yeah, even longbowmen, they're going, yeah, we'll have you.
0: Yeah, we'll have you. No, that's good. Um, medium swordsmen, this is an interesting one. They, get, they drop a point, um, so become six points even if impetuous or four points in mediocre, which is kind of free, um, which which makes war bandy armies cheaper once you start having large numbers of them, doesn't it? You know, you get 10, 12 bases, you're getting another two in that, yeah. which is something uh, a lot.
6: I think this is going to make some of those, like, you know, um, uh, like my Gallic army. So I've got the Gallic, um, ancient British, Gallic, um, early German army. It's just going to be funny where you can drop down 15 or 20 elements of uh, medium swordsman and go, yeah, they're cheap as chips, but here you go. Deal yes. with 20 of them. Um, so I think it'll be really nice as a, a dross army. know, yeah, they're going to get decimated, but hopefully
2: you'll have the volume, which is what you imagine in these armies. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. I just say on this, because
0: yeah.
2: after painting up those 25 mil I mean, it's it's for me that's that's like a really good bonus because all of a sudden all these bloody troops that I painted, my army gets bigger and better, and I was gonna use it anyhow. Yeah. So that's a good deal. So I'll take it. Thank you very much. On the downside, I had to paint up hundreds of the bastards and now I've got to find some more. Because I've got, got, got to do more. Bases. You haven't got enough. You see, well, I've you- got 14 bases, which is a minimum. Mm. And it's like if I want another couple of bases, so I'm gonna spend it on some skirmishes or something. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> well, I'm not paid in anymore, yeah. so I'm just going to use no. it to make my army a bit bigger.
5: So, so the o- other thing
2: or the, oh, there's going to be some confused looking roaming auxiliary in the battle line, sort yeah. of like feeling a bit schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah the, the other thing is, with the medium sword as well as the medium
4: spear, with the terrain rules, you're actually more likely to have them in a position where they're going to be useful. So, yeah. there's much more context to actually take. Um, instead of these sort of like you know someone's managed to fix it so there's only two pieces on the table and not all those are postage stamps around the edge with the terrain rules you've got better chance of actually having an opportunity to utilize them
0: yeah no i, I think that's a good thing so it'll make some of those armies more viable for a, for a lot so this means war medium spearmen who were the they were the bottom of the pile really weren't they um I guess I think it was I think it was Levy
6: medium spearmen inferior you know um than everything else
0: yeah they're medium swordsmen so suddenly they their mad their impact ability which has always never really seemed to count um has been replaced with a plus one factor that's part of their basic factor against mounted troops um if they're charged from the front so it's sort of like getting impact all the time but the cavalry's magic plus one doesn't apply against medium spearmen it only applies against medium swordsmen so effectively they are now two one up against all cavalry in the first round but are still quite squishy being medium foot and three hits and all the rest of it but but then instead of being one all and they're going to die they're two one up and if they start to lose they're going to die quite quickly but they could win from being two one up and um I think that uh, I'm not sure there's anything not to like about that really um and it makes them different to medium sword as well
6: yeah I think it'll be good fun because um I mean uh, Tim you and I have a samurai army and our mediums uh spearmen who are the compulsory yeah. form my God, they were dogs. You they know, were just a waste of time. Even light, my horse would hunt them down and go. Yeah. You know what? I'm basically evens with them. I'll take yeah. them. Um. So I think having a subtle difference between medium swordsmen and medium spearmen. Yeah, just, it's a bigger difference than it was. Yeah. I think it would just give you it gives some of those armies that different flavour of not everything being I'm one, you're one. Who who rolls a bit of dice? So um. Yeah. Be fun. Oh, one yeah, comment
3: I'd have is that um, what I call, um, you know, in, in, as English players, we seem to sort of plonk down one big lump of heavy infantry and one lump of cavalry and one lot of terrain specific troops quite often. And I think this is going to encourage more mixed commands where you have a you know, bunch of heavy infantry and then a couple of medium foot, cheap medium foot swordsmen hanging around with them, and things like that.
0: Yeah, Dave, you must be chuffed about the Almugavars as well. That's your your troop type of the future.
3: When we started playing, I played you and your Norman knights came on in a flank march and ran straight over my Almugavars spearmen. And I think at the start we all assumed this was the rule that was there, but then we found out it didn't exist, Mm. if that makes sense. We thought Almugavars were even with knights and then we found out they weren't.
0: They weren't. So suddenly they now become much more viable as a troop type.
3: So against Impact's Heavy Cavalry, they're evens, aren't they?
0: Um, I, no, they'll, they'll cancel the Impact. They'll be up. All oh,
3: right. Okay. Well, yeah, they might even be 3-1 up, actually. Then.
0: I think they'll be 3-1 up
3: against me. Especially impact. when they're
0: elite, yeah. Yeah, which is great. And then um, Heavy spearmen and pikemen, their Impact ability is replaced by this same new Integral Plus One, so one thing I've um, I've realized about that is because they used to get a plus one for impact and now they get a plus one as part of their basic factors in the table, the plus one isn't cancelled by someone being in their flank. Mm-hmm. So, so impact was a special ability that whenever someone's hard flanking you, if that's the <laughs> word, um, you lose your special abilities when fighting to the front. But... This new factor is not impact, it's it's your base factor, so you you still retain it. So that's actually kind of uh, no, you for... don't. No, you don't. I don't no, think you don't. so because if you're it's hard to flank... if
4: you receive the charge on your front, no, but no, if you're no, being he...
0: charged on the front, you still get it, even if someone's like, because oh, no, if you've got someone who's zero, no, there's,
1: there's two things here, Tim. The first one yeah. is that if you're hit hard on the flank. By anything other than lights your combat factors drop to zero yeah but you and um, don't if you would normally stop the impact of people charging you frontally that's hmm. not cancelled by being hit in the flank yeah so that's the, enemy, the secret isn't it the enemy's impact for charging your spearmen in the front doesn't work if you face if they're charging you with the front even if you're defending against them, you're hitting in the the flank. Flank. yeah
0: actually that's the difference isn't it that's articulate because before the impact ability was what cancelled the mounted impact foot impact cancelled mounted impact but when you were hard flanked you lost your own impact so their impact counted but but so now this is part of your base factor you always cancel mounted impact um with these guys so it's just a tidy up it's just a bit more consistently um there's the thing with levy expendable can't charge um can't provide support can't pursue like, yeah,
4: that's because some people have been a bit cheesy with it. Yeah. You, you used to have the living expendable what is basically, um, you know, mobile
6: fortifications or whatever. You could interspace on the table and they were just so annoying to deal with.
3: So, so that, they can't come into combat. They can't, they can't move themselves up to become a platform <laughs> on the plane.
0: They can't. That's it. Yeah, they just do whatever expendable would have done. So wagons, they get some interesting changes. Um they become better against mounted. Yes. Right. There's some but they are subject to zoc which was a bit bonkers when they weren't. Um they they can they can turn somehow in a way which I still don't really understand but we can probably remember. <coughs> um they can shoot after moving, but they don't move much anyway. And then there's this new concept that they do a one-pit move to become battle ready. Yeah. Which you know maybe may battle ready needs everybody to do the inverted commas thing we're going to be battle ready um, do it and they place the stakes and then they're just even better they but they can't move then from from then on until they unlimber or whatever limbered and unlimbered so that's an interesting thing anybody use wagons a bit or
3: yeah actually, they could all shoot yeah before, i
1: think
3: yeah. before there was just wall wagon wasn't there Mm. Which is no, they did have. Of sort of there was one.
1: some that didn't shoot,
6: like I um, can Indian ones, I think, didn't shoot. Yeah, yeah. there was war wagon shoot, yeah. and war wagon that shot. So I think having the two types is all good. But also in in the version four, you've got wall wagon with blade in contact. Yeah. I think that's gonna be great fun. So I used to use them in DVM, but I think yeah. having war wagons now be able to sh- move and shoot. We'll make them actually usable because we all agreed war wagons in version three were just a waste of time and the and i was looking at the rules the idea that you can get because you can now group move war wagons where before in version three you couldn't if i'm right then you can group move wall wagons
0: no i think you could you, but not with other things but you so could
6: say you can now get a proper line of inventory move up and then for the two people you can have two war wagons side by side and then in this weird formation, turn 90 degrees and then basically form 160 mil or 4 UD wide. Yeah, a wall. Offensive line of death against mountains. Yeah. I just think against some of those mounted armies, it's going to be so beautiful that if you've got the commander and all that, the war wagons move up, deploy and go, right, deal with this. Uh-huh. I can see that as like a Hussite tactic. It would just be yeah. great fun against some mad and army just going, well, now what do I do? So I think... It just makes the War Wagon's interesting because before yeah. they were just—they're
0: just, just, they, they were just kind of weird because you were just dancing around and ignoring Zocks and just trying to put them somewhere really awkward. But now you'd actually—you can do something with them, maybe. Yeah, that's the So they're just
4: going to be even more irritating.
0: No, because they can be zocked. That's a huge <laughs> change because they used yeah. to just sail through Zocks and you, you just put it,
4: yeah.
6: He's like, you, to them at care, you just keep on wandering past, and you also yeah. couldn't. I think it was you couldn't zock anybody else.
0: Yeah,
6: I think it's just going to make them actually useful. So some of those armies that can have them, you're just going to actually yeah. sit on the table because
0: we all got. I the think the other people. thing is, you know, all all of us have got six war wagons from or eight war wagons from days of DBM yeah. for for armies where they used to have sixes and fours and the rest of it. Now we can turn two of them into battle ready versions and swap them in and swap them out so you do a bit more modeling which is all All kind of good um yeah and then there's these new war wagons with blades which are the only three armies camilla and roman classical indian Communal italian which is basically a war wagon you can shove into someone else um and um (coughs) especially elephants
6: yeah big great fun
0: there's only three armies i think they get like two or three each but it's just a hoop really um okay so artillery this is the fun one dave you've you've had a go at this um already haven't you so light artillery can move and shoot which is good um elephants and wagons with artillery can shoot after moving of course and there's these new types that can fire over friendly infantry and cost one bit more integrated um so that's a that makes that roman scorpio formation kind of viable really doesn't it Mm. but But it's sort of psychological they're not quite as magical as as they uh, as you think um because they are still a separate piece yeah they're still a separate piece aren't they they're still a a light artillery so they've not i
3: didn't realize that we played last week and i didn't realize they could actually operate and i thought they had to be sitting behind the roman legionaries all the time so that's something i learned they can actually operate on their own so be aware of that
0: Yeah, driving them away from the Legions when the Legions start getting into combat. But
2: I think the um, moving and shooting is a bigger change than the integrated because yeah, yeah. The light artillery can now move and shoot. I might actually con- consider taking them, whereas well, yeah. in version 3 they weren't even a consideration. It was yeah. just no, yeah. wouldn't even think about it. Whereas now move and shoot makes a difference. The integrated's yeah, they were in are one I- of the Renaissance rules. Yeah. I think the int- integrated is quite interesting for... The Romans, because, um, and again, this is the other 25 mil army I've got, and I've got all the models, so it's good. Um, I'll probably take the intubated, because it means if I've got an elephant-heavy opponent, well, all of a sudden, they're really scared of me. Yeah. And if I've got an opponent with lots of cataphracts, all of a sudden, that goes from, oh, God, I'm going to get written down to, oh, they're going to take quite a few hits before they actually get in. Mm-hmm. Um Because you're going to get at least sort of like three shots off and I don't care you've got heavy armour. So you're going to be sort of like knocking the cats down to... Are you going to get three shots off.
0: You move up to just inside four.
2: You move up to four, shoot. He moves up to one, you you shoot. You shoot in your turn, then he charges in.
3: Yeah. So you're going to be sort of... There's another thing with that is that normally now people just come up to your legionaries and try to envelop you which forces the legionaries to charge in, which means they lose their impact ability. With the artillery, people are going to have to charge the impact heavy foot. So that's going to give the Roman legionaries a bit more of an advantage as well.
2: So I think the the Roman legionaries, I think having a couple, and I've got two, and I'll probably use both of them, um, because of that reason, it it gives them the ability to reach out and say love. Yeah. Um, heavy armor, elephants. It's sort of like all of a sudden they're looking at the Roman legionary line, going, "Oh, I don't actually fancy that anymore." Yeah. So I think that might be quite a big change. But being able to move up with the legions and shoot is what does it. If they couldn't move and shoot, it'd still be a waste of time. Yeah. It's and also, cool. More
6: importantly, it gives us an excuse to buy some of those really cool models that we see in Donington and all that. We look and go, "I want it." I don't have a need for it now. It's yeah. Have have sure How it works? Uh, I've already got them i think yeah. we all have yeah. yeah i've got a couple yeah i'm yeah. looking I'm, I'm looking for my because uh, i've got a ming army i can do my chinese in all the periods i don't yeah. have any um uh, these type of um artillery so it's so a 20 mil um sorry one to 72 scale scale
5: yeah um, uh, yeah <laughs> okay. i been thinking
0: six <laughs> that's a bit much dave even i, I, I know got, that
5: i've got Ming, ming and uh yeah Ye, rather chase on korean that um, works with it so okay. yeah it's quite interesting to try it with them
0: that's going to be a really frightening anti cavalry formation isn't it it's like is that you know polearm mixed with crossbow with a light artillery behind it or something do they do that that's just going, nobody's going to get anywhere bloody near that with, if, if that's what they're allowed um okay i don't think it is but... oh maybe it's probably just spearmen or something but um okay. this means war So then, the other biggie, and this is the oh, it's the controversial or controversial-ish one. So, Light Horse now has a zone of control against everything. Um, they can charge anyone they want, and um, oh, Light Horse Impact has the Furious Charge ability against foot. There ain't many of them, but that's interesting. And a bonus of plus one when rolling for a flank march if it's entirely Light Horse, which is kind of fun as well. But I guess the Zoc one is is a biggie and um i don't know dave you you and me have played the game when this is
3: coming to its own yeah i think think we'll 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 get used to it we'll forget that it's controversial but it's this this makes light horse a whole lot more powerful Mm. a whole lot more powerful because if if you sort of pass down a flank with cavalry to turn into the flank and you've got some light horse around as we worked out last week was it it's going to slow the flanking maneuvers for enemies. So I think you're going to suddenly see um, threes and fours of light horse appearing on flanks again, which which we kind of started off doing because it, that, mm. that became like fog the, and yeah. we found that light horse were vulnerable. And mm. now they're going to be very, very useful if that makes sense. That, that, that light horse has a furious chart, light horse impact. So they won't have impact against spear because they lose that. Yeah. They? So they won't get it against that, but against other things. Ah, so that's why the Han Chinese have suddenly had their light horse impact taken off them. Okay. Maybe,
0: maybe. But it makes your um kinets uh-huh. possibly better or whatever they are or something. But yeah, I think the couple of games I've played with it, it's it's interesting because you You can use, and I think it's something that we'll all learn, and it will be kind of a list-based solution to it, or list-based response. Because a light horse that's lurking around, you've got, they're more useful late in the game than they used to be. So you don't want to quite throw them away. You've got to protect them a bit more. Mm. Because they can come in. And when the central infantry battle line or cavalry are trying to start rolling you up, they can zip back in and start harassing people and and make them, you know, they they can't be ignored anymore. But if you're zocking someone with a light horse close to the edge of the table, it means that they can charge you and you can leave the table or you can be caught because, and and you're also breaking your um, army up into a lot more pieces that are all quite close to the enemy because i think if you look at a normal game towards the tail end of the game your light horse are scattered to the four winds and are a long way away um but if you've suddenly got a reason to bring them back into combat you've just got more units to spend your pips on that yeah. can be mugged and die very very quickly so i think it's a really interesting one and it puts them on a spectrum from um from light horse to medium cavalry to heavy cavalry it's not the light horse class and the cavalry class anymore that that blend from light horse to medium cavalry is a seamless thing. it's
4: going to be annoying to start off with it's much
0: more it's going to be annoying to start with yeah. and then, we'll and find then you'll
4: start taking say medium cavalry or something as a screen yeah. because you'll have your heavies that you want to come in and then it'll be rock paper scissors with having maybe a light with a medium to see off their lights and yeah then people end up getting bigger and bigger wings. And then some will work out that go, well, how about I just ignore them and stick a couple of bowmen on there? Uh, and then we'll go through a different meta. But it's yeah. going to be annoying to start off with.
1: Yeah. One thing I think they'll be very useful for is preventing the enemy from attacking the flank of infantry. Because if they can project a zoc, which stops the enemy conforming to the flank of your infantry, that's very useful. Whereas before they couldn't do that. You'd have to physically yeah. put the footprint of the light cavalry unit on the flank of your the unit you wanted to protect. But now you can keep it about one UD back, which means that if the enemy try and charge it, you move away. And if he's charging you, he can't be hitting the flank of your infantry. So, so I that, think that's
0: very useful. I, I think that's true, but it's, so, but it's still you're putting really brittle troops yeah. very close to the enemy yeah, and the you're having more units.
2: The balance is the Zoc could be annoying, but the balance is to use your Zoc, you got to get your light horse very close Very bloody to class. something, yeah. it's kind of dangerous. So, there's yeah. a but it's a war thing going on.
6: It may be one of those things you do, like you know, the final turn where you just need to hold your flank for that one turn. So, yeah, uh, it could also make like um, the Mongol armies a little bit more viable because having your a flank march getting plus one, yeah. a purely light horse. So I know a bunch of us went to Spain a couple of years ago um, and they had this, um, this competition. It was medievals or Arab armies of the same period. And so I brought a, an Arab army to try something different. In quite a few of the games, you got stuck on the table because you couldn't manoeuvre around the table because there was just not enough space. Yeah. How do no, you so. have your light horse all coming out on one flank on mass. Would, would change the dynamic that you could actually afford to have your heavy cavalry on table in two scattered positions and then a decent uh, light horse flank attack come in. It would just throw some impetuous night armies into a little bit of disarray,
2: at least for half an hour. I'm not sure how useful it will be, because that means you would have to use one of your three commanders as a completely light horse command. If it was a plus one for light horse and cav, so you had Cav that could go with them as well. I think that would be more but how it's designing designing an army where one of your three generals can only command light horse is well, I suppose you could, interesting. but well, no, interesting. No, interesting. Dave,
3: if you've got a Mongol army with a command of I think some of the Mongol armies could be plus five, <laughs> six plus, yeah, yeah. Yeah. plus six. Two brilliant generals on the table, a flank march with an ordinary general with three light horse elite coming on and they mm. come on on a plus one for the flank march suddenly and then also the mongol army becomes cheaper because you have more light horse in it Yeah, going to make some big changes there
5: yeah yeah
3: i think it's interesting this means war
0: so going on the world of lights although i suppose these are lights which are actually medium cavalry really um which are now sort of heavy cavalry so some light chariots can now have the armor ability um egyptians and assyrians in particular um which i'm i think is great because really
6: yeah your light chariot comes on and everyone goes here you go that's a that's a two yeah. points nice and free for me
0: yeah it makes them bow proof it um you know it means they can fight against infantry much better, it's really big.
3: It's I remember
1: the heavy cavalry,
0: yeah.
3: It's a Someone good one, it's a definitely a good change because it gives them more points to them. Um, whether it makes them stand up against heavy chariots a bit longer, as we'll see, but it, 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 you know, it makes things like Egyptians and that much yeah. more viable. It just gives them one much... on <laughs>
1: heavy chariots
3: are only now plus
1: one against mounted, aren't they? So Heavy chariot versus light chariot, um, the heavy chariot is going to be plus one for impact, I think. And that's, yeah. that's only in the first round. And both of them are armoured. So it's going to, after that, it's going to be an even fight. And that
3: assumes that the light chariot doesn't run away because it can evade anyway. True. And also with medium infantry getting cheaper, the armies are going to stay roughly the same size. Yeah, you think so.
2: Someone on Facebook was complaining, oh, make them too good at fighting. But I don't think it will, because against anyone that's actually quite good at fighting, they'll still get crunched anyhow. Yeah. But what it will do is it'll make them the dominant troop type, probably, in the high bronze age, which they probably should be, yeah. because yeah. they should be able to dominate rubbish foot. So, yeah, yeah it's all good. So you used to
0: good. put them in your army and think, what am I going to do with them? Yeah, I, what precisely. What I'm going to take, take the minimum. I'm going to yeah. take the minimum. <laughs>
6: If you think of like you know the, the New Kingdom Egyptian or the Gallic armies who've got the chariots, you bring them on and everyone trances them. Now they've actually got a chance in hell to do something until the medium swords in.
0: Yeah. So so then heavy chariots, which we've just touched on, they now go down to plus one against cavalry instead of plus two. Um so cavalry who did replace them, they're no longer knights. They're no longer magic knights with wheels. Um and they're still worse than knights because their impact doesn't count in some way, shape or form, but they get a bit cheaper. But, but I don't well, know. I think that... The
4: other thing with the, sorry, the last thing the light chariots, I was just checking on it, is that you can actually shoot from the rear. Yeah. So you can do that sort of turn around, shoot and run off sort of thing, which um, I think that'll be amusing at times. You get minus one penalty, but you can see that being hilarious.
0: No, I think that'd be neat. But but defanging heavy chariots and turning them away from that old DBM, you know, knights with wheels, yeah. I think is grand as well. It's just going to really shake up the biblical period.
6: Um, which would be good fun. Yeah, actually have um some of those big drossy armies actually going yeah. to fight for more than two turns. And you know, I, I advance, you charge, I die, I pack up, we go to the pub.
0: Yeah. No, no, I'm looking forward to trying some of this actually. I think that should be um good okay. you know, they
3: there. I think ATLG works really well in the biblical period I think it's I think it does now
0: I think people, it was a yeah. bit difficult before because light chariots didn't have a role yeah. but now I can oh, really yeah. see them having a role um cataphracts the other clever cavalry people um so they've now got impact against foot which possibly they didn't have before um and and against mounted that was the bit they did have impact against foot but they didn't have it against mounted did they I no. think possibly
6: yeah that well, was correct yeah. Because I used to have um games with my, I think it was like Palmyra and where Mrs. Carpaginian, I think it was. So the the mm-hmm. companions with they're plus, but I've got better armor. So yeah. I always remember that one.
0: Yeah. So but this do they go up in price or down in up in price? I no,
3: I think they stay the same at 13 or whatever, don't they?
0: No, budget 12, I think. Um so, so cataphracts get better against mounted. They no longer become a magnet for medium cavalry impact and medium cavalry impetuous. Just have a go at them with that first round thing. Um, I think
3: cataphracts are going to become the new elephants. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Um, end up with, cataphracts have just got better. And, uh, they, you know, they, I, yeah, I think there's, I, I'm not, we'll see, we'll see. I,
5: anyway, I think they rally
3: cataphracts. I don't think they needed the plus one against mounted to even them up. That's all I think. I think that was a good thing that they were down against impact heavy cavalry things.
1: But what what puzzles me about that is they've always got the armor protection. So in in actual opportunity of causing, of getting hurt, it would be a fairly even fight in the first round. Then after that, the catapults got an advantage.
0: Yeah, but I suppose they they were good and they were expensive and at 12 points each, that's that's a lot more than, is it nine for impact heavy heavy cavalry?
6: and also the um catafacts are unmaneuverable. so yeah. yeah if you get a frontal charge life is going to be good But if you can get into their flanks you're going to cause them no end of fun maybe,
0: maybe this is a historical thing rather than a game balance thing because in the game cataphracts were are run over by impetuous medium cavalry that's what yeah. attacks them isn't it, it doesn't and historically is that just a load of old tosh were they actually just really good heavily armored knights who just moved a bit more slowly because
3: they've they
0: not built better horses.
3: I, I have an argument that historic, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, I, in the Roman sort of Palmyra and Sassanid thing, I always thought cataphracts were more built for fighting infantry. They were kind of like mounted heavy, heavy infantry. And, you know, I think they have got that advantage in ADLG. I just wonder whether they needed to be evened up against Uh, Well, they've been given an advantage against mountains.
0: Yeah, because they've got the armour, but it's it's cost. They're a third more.
3: What I fear will happen is it's going to become... Like, in the medieval period, it's understandable that you have lots of knight armies, because that's what the medieval period was about. Yep. And the knight is a dominant factor in the medieval. That's very good. I think you're just going to sit there and have cataphract dominating armies in the classical period
0: it yeah, depends on you know, maybe it's a listing but we'll see that that one's um that one does look a bit a bit bold um, so knights um now only have a plus one factor against cataphracts, but there's some changes to impact which means they still stay up um and um, and knights without impact get cheaper that's the thing which there isn't many of them but they were just utter rubbish so um it's difficult to um to see that <laughs> being something anyone could argue against really as this is just a, a grading issue.
2: And even then, would you still take nights without impact? If my no. armor is only giving me that option, I would, but
6: generally, no, oh, the whole point just, of it is Just time- if you're
0: allowed to dismount them, probably. Um, so elephants, dun, 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 dun. So now there's two types of elephants that are really good. There's armoured elephants and elite elephants, which are different. So some are, are more resilient, but not as, as resilient in a different way. And they must pursue after melee. Dun, 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 dun. Big change,
3: that one, isn't it?
0: Big, big change. Um, I don't know. Who, Peter, you're the elephant king um, and, and the night king. What, what are you thinking on this?
4: I think it's going to be a big change. It's a necessary change, especially some of the armies. It was almost like you had to take elephants. Now they're being put down to mediocre or ordinary. And there's a lot more things that can actually go at it from the naphtons and the light infantry to um socket and things like that. So I think it's it was necessary because it, it's the the meta, certainly in some of the tournament games, were like you know, you know you'd have someone with and Chen or yeah uh, And elephants. It, it was it was getting too much, it was getting boring, to be honest, even though I like elephants a lot. Um so I quite like that. It's just has it gone, you know, are Cataphracts going to become the new elephants? I don't know, because they still don't have the fear factor that elephants do against mounted. So I think elephants are going to be more properly utilized in certain armies as opposed to, ah, I'm picking an army for a tournament. I need to have at least one elephant in.
0: I suppose if um, if cataphracts become the new elephants, then elephants will become the new elephants. Yeah. <laughs> because they're devastating against cataphracts. Absolutely devastate against them. I think no, like, I
3: think it'll it'll um possibly reduce the sort of as we call it as we've christened it the death star of two or three elephants surrounded by medium foot and light foot you'll probably end up with elephants more in the battle line or operating individually
0: yeah no i I think it's right and um if it means that there's a choice because when you were looking at a list you'd almost start by saying i'll have all the elephants yes so actually now you know there's other ways of doing it it's not a no-brainer so that's good
4: yeah, uh, I, I like it. I like the change.
0: So camels, uh um, yeah, so impe- thinking like you know how you're saying yeah.
6: with the army list, you think of like the um the Indian army. So the the classical Indian army has a lot of medium swordsman and other stuff, which you never choose. You basically go for six elephants, um, a couple of the elite two hundred choppers and the impetuous swordsman, whoever you can get, to make that nice death star. Now you think, actually, I might go for ten medium swordsmen and four elephants just because you've got to have a few elephants and they look so cool but it, it just as uh, peter was saying it changes the meta and that yeah. view of i'm not buying an army by the biggest powerful troop possible and then the rest of the troops it's you actually look at the amulets and go there's some options here what could i do and what also what do i want to do
0: okay and then last mounted one um camels impetuous cavalry are no longer subject to an uncontrolled charge against camels or elephants which is kind of sensible and um, medium camels and light camels with bows in all lists are now mediocre so the double-armed super devastating Bedouin bloody machine gun nonsense has been cut off at the knees, which um, I've obviously got an opinion on um, which I think I'll probably just give away there I think Um, you lost (laughs) to me in one of those yeah, I no, I think I beat you actually, Peter.
4: Just no, in the end. I, I had I had my shotgun, uh, you know, my yeah, the uh, shotgun camels. camels oh, yeah. The shotgun yeah. camels. But, but I actually no. dismounted, I think. I dismounted, so I ended up with a load of impetuous infantry.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Which I no, could fine. still get, which is which is a lot of fun. You know, people yeah. think the facing up ends camels, you dismount everything and you just charge in like a lunatic. That's tuned and something else, yeah.
0: Okay. So anybody else, anybody got any issues with nerfing the double arm bow bedouin camels?
6: not really I got nothing never used cattle before yeah
0: pole arms the brand new weapon class so a lot of the medieval and dark ages two-handed cutting weapon men who are actually halberdiers are now called pole arms which are basically two-handed cutting weapon but they only work against mounted in the way that um and they count as almost spearmen so they're almost spearmen with two-handed cutting weapon against mounted
5: I'm, I'm, I'm a bit dubious on the historicity of that, I certainly for the Eastern armies, so Chinese, Korean, so I could see that sort of the Pole Arms there were aimed as anti-cavalry, but Western Europe, when you're talking later Western Europe, so Wars of Roses era, I, the Pole Arms were actually anti-armour. No, end. it's yeah. the historic. It's absolutely, if you look at the Swiss, yeah, the Swiss, Swiss were off. originally
2: pole arms in deep formations that they used to give mounted knights a kicking. Yeah. Then ma- mounted knights got off their horses and started using their spear as lances. And that's when the Swiss went to pikes. So, late medievals, pole them, them sort of pole arms were designed around chopping up heavy armor and pulling people off horses. So, you're I'm you're happy enough with that. If you look at the falchion
6: and the various halberds, you can see they've got the hook to get the knight off the uh, off the horse. And then you put the, the hook around the helmet, and you can start levering open the um, the, the four-plate armor.
4: So it's one great big tin opener. Yeah. Great. I mean it, 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 you go see it in the Tower of London. They're you know they're very much yeah. designed to um basically poke into a someone on a horse and have the hook to pull them down and then chop them to bits. It's you know, it even describes that some even have the hammer to crack it open. It's, you know, it's a serious walnut cracking method. Um, so I like what it's done. It's a, it's a bit more
5: flavour. The list where we're seeing it, it's more sort of late 15th century. I, I can see where Tamsin's coming. I and By then, sort of mounted, most, most knights, men at arms, were fighting dismounted. Yeah, because yeah. they had the pole arms. I can
3: see where Tant is coming from in the War of the Roses period. Yeah. That the the, the Billman was there to fight against. I mean, there weren't many mounted knights around for a start. Yeah. Then I think what's kind of good in that period, it means that foot knights are better than Billman, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. But I think think the really big factor is the Far East. The Chinese have been severely downgraded by this.
0: Yeah, the Chinese become totally changed because they used to be, you know, an anti-pike and anti-spear, yeah. you know, army of tin openers, which was, yeah.
5: which was nothing like fun. how
0: they fought historically. But, but I think no, Tamsin, I think I am with you though. I suspect the ants uh, to kind of put your question another way. I wonder if in if the pole arm class has been applied too um, uniformly at the back end of the book. Yeah. i think most of them are absolutely right but i wonder if there's a few that might have been better as um handed cutting weapon um yeah as well but so in the main it's right but i think it might be a list issue that that they may look back and go maybe it but yeah it will possibly put more focus onto having dismounted knights cutting things open um yeah. and, and it might have been applied too easily but it's going to totally change the way chinese armies play isn't oh, it yeah
6: I'm looking for, I think it'll be, because uh, I've got a, quite a few Chinese armies. It's going to be interesting because a lot of my stuff was all two-handed choppers. And it was great here. You know, if I win, I add plus one. And if I beat um, Piper Spearman, I break the, uh, the ties. So it's going to change quite a few of the, um, yeah just the way you think of the army. I'm still going to play them anyway because I just like the idea of
3: magic. The Chinese man- no, army's been really heavily smashed by lots of things. No, but Dave,
6: Dave,
0: I think it's been smashed if you look at it as an open period army, yes, in which agree, it was in yeah. the same period as the classical Greeks and when yeah. it was brilliant against pike and spear. But if you say, you know, against the the historical opponents, which are all cavalry,
6: yeah. now
0: suddenly you've got like super spearmen backed up by archers, which will make um will make a bloody nightmare for cavalry, who actually <laughs> would normally have had a go at them. Um, so, so it's going of, to be really hard in terms
3: of like the hand of lost, you know. Heavy chariots lost a factor. Yeah, um, they've they've had their light horse impact removed, and they've got uh, the two-handed. I mean, you know, with a Han army, you march forward with six ordinary two-handed weapon guys, and that was pretty damn good. But I, yeah. I I think it's I think it's a great change. It's just a major change in certain armies. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: Can I just it's, check it's, on the rules because I haven't read them properly yet. Um, do pole arms cancel the impact of the mounted? No,
1: they get a plus one against them, which in the first round, I think is how it works, isn't it? Okay, so in effect.
0: So it'd be two all against mounted. Okay. In the first round. And if they win, they get plus one, like two-handed weapon stuff. So they're kind of nearly spearmen, but better if they start winning. Yeah. But I think you just have to use the Chinese differently. It isn't yeah. six six two-handed cutting weapon men who go hunting spears and pikes. It's a big yeah. army that's gonna rely on shooting and we'll be able to go after the enemy mounted yes. with with these mixed formations and really cause them a lot of trouble so you know i think that's um that's an interesting one and then atlattle for, for the <laughs> atlattle is shooting at two which oh. I'm fine I
3: totally agree with should have been yeah. done
0: should have been done a long time ago This means war. um impact half bow so this is basically saying that most of the byzantine and the horrendous yurch and chin nonsense are now slightly nerfed and um they shoot as one layer lower um, and there's only a handful of proper impact bow cavalry who are the elite in these armies you know with two or three bases or Maybe four for the Mongols, but but all the rest of them
6: are a little bit worse at shooting. Um, so which... Can I just ask? So, Dave, the Byzantine armies that I think we fought against—this is the this is what this is for, isn't it? So, the ones who are heavy cavalry, bow, impact, elite, armored—a whole the, the whole French caboodle type of army—is this the one that's getting downgraded slightly?
3: Well, it, it, it is exactly that. Um, I think. As Tim says, the Mongol guards stay the full Monty. The, and then I think the only Byzantine army which keeps it is you keep four of them in the Justinian army, which is nice because that's Belisarius's uh, Bukalari. But all the other armies, I think, am I, read, I, I, I I'm reading it right? I think medium cavalry impact bow have completely disappeared.
0: I think they might have, yeah. I yeah,
2: think they might called, have, completely. They have
3: the No, th- there's some of them in a couple of oh, things. Okay. Really? I, find um, so I think not find any. Because the Yurchin yurch Chin had like four heavy cavalry bow impact elites and the rest were medium cavalry. And I think that's, that was yeah, that's that's destroyed that, which I think that's a really good thing because that was yeah. too easy. Too easy. Um, I'm this does make those armies that have got the path bow half sorry half bow lance very very susceptible to put you know the mixed bow uh, spear units and the bowmen, but we'll, we'll, Mm. we'll, we'll yeah we'll have to wait and see on that one
0: yeah but i suppose you know how much difference being mediocre shooting at factor zero it means your fives and sixes and fours go down one but you know everybody's shooting on a on a defensive one is it does it really were you shooting that much with these troops anyway
3: yeah i think what you would I mean, you have <clears to> do, <throat> to do is come up with a with a line of byzantine cavalry you have to come up and weaken the enemy foot with your bow fire but i think now because the bow <coughs> the infantry bow get more shots at you and they get a plus 1 for shooting it mounted then it's
6: yeah
3: i mean it means the byzantines have to mix up their army units again i think yeah. A lot, a lot of these things that we're looking at are going to mean very mixed commands, Yeah, with a pe- you know, a few, you know, a few of this and a few of that. So, you, yeah. you, you know, you get a penny packets. you're going to get one cavalryman inside with infantry and things like that. And I, I think you well, it balance, it gives the larger, com- the, you know, the command levels in armies more relevant.
6: Yeah, because what it will do is I think it's going to stop the um, the more simplistic tactic of a group of five of these guys these cavalry bow, advancing shooting charging and going for it they're going to actually have to use their command command ready to do a lot of maneuvering and try to again they're, they're going to have
0: to do they got to win rather to. than just line up and shoot and yeah and let the troop yeah. type win
6: you you might yeah. get some historical um hopefully some historical tactics being used yeah. like, mongols can't charge to the front but a big you know um Heavy foot on the flag, Sort
4: of stand there and go. Bring it up of thing. so. Uh, I, I think you're right, Dave. I think we have split out. I can't. I thought I thought, they were, I, thought cavalry, I did see one, but
3: uh, the normal ones bow. that have
4: that median cavalry impact bow don't have it anymore. They've split those out. But even the number of ones that have the heavy cavalry impact bow or add impact, they've reduced the number you could actually take. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I found Mamelukes can have four. That seems, and that and the Mongols seem to be the only ones with, in that kind of era with yeah. um, any any serious number of these, these guys. Okay. All right. Well,
0: look, next next up is there's a tiny, again, a handful. I think there's only four or five armies here um, that have now, well, actually, you know, light chariots with javelin that can shoot, which is a new thing. And there's a handful of medium cavalry who've got a javelin ability, so they can shoot at one. But they don't gain a benefit in combat. So so it's basically some cavalry can now shoot at one, and light chariots can now shoot at one. So I suppose that's a bump for those light chariots, which is is nice in that biblical period to make them a bit more kings of the battlefield. And the other stuff I'm I'm struggling to um be overexcited about it. It's interesting. It's but it's you know, you're only gonna get one shot, aren't you? Really?
6: Yeah. It's nice, but it's not going to be a a
3: game changer. I think it will mean you get some mixed light horse and medium cavalry commands and things like
0: that. Actually, it can bully the enemy's light horse quite well, can't it? (laughs) It really can.
3: What's good is there's become more of a place for medium cavalry in some armies, like you said, the Indians and things like that, and the Spanish. And, um, you know, another thing I noticed, like the and you know, i'm talking about just the justinian byzantine army has always had the ability to have two hun elite light horse now they can be medium cavalry elite which is that makes him more you know it makes the huns more a little bit more terrifying
0: yep. <laughs> okay so missile support has changed so missile support now counts against heavy armor which basically means counts against knights and cataphracts mm. so supported spearmen supported romans they get that plus 1 if they lose um against um proper opponents because missile support was the thing that no one ever took um it cancels the furious charge of mounted troops um and then
6: that's really that's, really that's a big big with that I'll plus be one that's so, a game changer
3: or actually making missile support justifiable yeah my lee league have definitely got rear support now <laughs>
0: and that's going to be where your points that were you're gaining back from the auxiliary come from isn't it i guess
3: yeah <laughs> Legion troops got cheaper and you're going to chuck those in
0: yeah heavy troops going to get heavier but and um and then the mixed units and the bowmen um don't have free missile support ability which they sort of used to have yeah. if losing in the first round which is a bit of a kick in the teeth for the mixed units though um I I guess that's a big
3: change. I didn't, I haven't spotted that one. That's a
0: massive
6: change. Yeah, I I was reading that one and I had to get, um, I scratched my head a few times. So it's clear you've got to, you've actually got to pay for missile support now. So even though you've got a bow or a gun or whatever, you don't get that plus one if you lose.
0: I'm not sure there's, um, I'm not sure there's actually any mixed units that can have missile support.
6: No, but I think it's, it's a nice simple mechanic now of. You only get plus one if you lose. If you paid for it, otherwise, yeah. don't argue. Don't go to the forum. Just move on. So it's a nice, simple way of remembering
5: it. Now, it's going yeah. to make certain armies even more dogs, even more of a dog for normal. Like Numidians were bad enough. Uh, Nubians were bad enough already.
0: Yeah, but I, I'm not sure there was a great
1: Nubian world empire, was there? But it's, <laughs> <laughs> something. But the other, I thought your new games were appalling enough when I played in Tamsin, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. I not
2: think
1: yeah. got any better.
2: No. The other no, I, thing I... that I thought with the mixed units was, I always thought um, mixed units with swordsmen in front were a bit ropey, and they now become even ropeier, whereas ones with spears in front don't really care because they've still got the spears in front, so they don't care so much about mounted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe um maybe it's just that, you know, it's the same way that medium spear and medium sword become two different classes, maybe the mixed bow sword formations are just a different thing now to to being mixed spear sword. Mixed yeah, spear yeah, they bow. always
2: they always were, but who who do you want to fight? If you've got medium sword bow, mm. who do you want to fight?
0: Yeah, um maybe you want to fight.
3: Well, I think the mixed <laughs> sword, and sword bow more often appear in the Biblical age. And yeah, they're, they're normally the Persians, aren't they? Yeah, they're, the, well, they're, they're Biblical Persian and re- before yeah, them, yeah. the Assyrians mm-hmm. and things like that. And maybe that's a counter of the heavy
5: chariots losing one factor. I think some of the Chinese lists might have been oh. sword, sword bow. And also the classical um, the they've, they've, they've
3: added the pole arm. Yeah. Well well I look I look at it in a slightly Not different I, way. Only on certain
1: units. Yeah. If you've got a bowman, LMI bow ordinary, that costs seven points. For eight points, you get um you don't lose any shooting ability, but for one point more, you get some swordsmen who will give you a bit of staying power if somebody wants to charge you. So um I, I think I think that's actually worth having. <laughs>
3: Yeah. They've, also, they've also had one other factor which is interesting. They can now charge uh, cavalry. True. Because in the past they had to stand there and shoot the cavalry. Yeah. And you know, just act as bow because bowmen weren't allowed because they're treated as bowmen. Bowmen aren't allowed to charge anything. Now bowmen are allowed to charge. They can actually charge. So they've got they well, they can always charge the council and overlap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will make like
6: a, um, a death star with an elephant and two mixed swordsmen a little bit more interesting or means mm-hmm. speed. So it's going to make the mixed mixed units a bit more enjoyable, but also a bit squishy.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just, you know, maybe Andy, it's the thing you said there. It's they're bowmen that cost one point extra and have a bit more combat ability. And that's yeah. what you've got to think of them as. Yeah. They're still Something units like, of bowmen. I think one point, for yeah. one point,
1: they're worth having.
0: Yeah. They're units of bowmen. We're just missing the points there at some point. So dismounting, so dismounting has been revised. Um, some cavalry now dismount as heavy swordsmen or heavy spearmen with three hit points. Impetuous cavalry no longer count as impetuous once dismounted, which I'm very happy about because I thought Ooh, that was bonkers. That was, <laughs> that uh, was just ridiculous was before. But
4: but impetuous can can camels do stay impetuous swordmen.
0: Yeah, but that's only one army, isn't it? That's the Tuaregs, and they were it's all nuts. the one I've
4: got. is the one you've got, which, <laughs> which is right. The Tuaregs <laughs>
0: would have been like that. And um, and um, and there's just some different dismount categories. And then there's a few exceptions in the lists who do dismount as impetuous medium swordsmen, but most aren't doing the cheesy dismount as armoured elite impetuous you know, swordsmen <laughs> like or Hindu, something.
3: My Hindu impetuous heavy cavalry with- when faced with um yeah elephants with elephants, elephants went oh we'll get off our horses and we'll be the best troops in the game water. we'll slaughter your impetuous medium foot because we're elite armored and um yeah <laughs> impetuous.
0: no I, I i'm struggling to disagree with this at yeah. all
6: Aww.
5: i think it's
0: sensible no, it's, it's not like quite... yeah um so right you don't general rules then um so activation you don't need to dice to activate an invisible core first which just makes flank marches a bit more interesting which yeah. is fine yeah. um, the heavy infantry one they may advance three ud in open terrain if they start their movement at least four from the enemy or four or more from the enemy so I, um
6: i think this is great the um because you can now, now, I've got a justification for giving your, especially like your legionnaires, you give them a brilliant general, and in turn one, if you roll well enough, you can run your legionnaires or Steven, the medieval armies, up someone's guts rather than going, I'll move two UD, clunk, I'll move two UD. If you can actually get your sportsman halfway across the table in one turn, or even four or six UD, You've got a chance in hell of actually doing something. It will cause a few armies to actually go off kilter.
5: So I think it's a similarly, I, I sort of pike my pike armies.
6: Yeah. In my um, medieval squad for me, I ran out a campaign one year where it was um, 14 elements of mediocre pike. And seeing that charge across the table is just going to be great fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but, but I think it's an interesting one because, I, again, i played a few games now and um, and it's where it seems to come in is not necessarily those early moves you know that it helps in the early moves but you are still stopped from doing a second or third move by someone at four you can't march beyond it but it's that it's after that so the skirmish screen stops you at four away from the skirmish screen but then your next move isn't still three it's the it's the ability to throw themselves into combat Hmm. A bit later on in the game, that it kind of comes into its own.
4: Yeah, because sometimes them. they, you know you get halfway through a game, the the ones against you would either run off or you'd yeah. killed a few, and you just know that you'd got like say
3: four heavy infantry, and there was no way they were actually going to catch. There was no point in doing even spending else. pips
0: on them, was there? They just yeah. just sat there. One the
3: thing them. I would query is, so say you've got a, a line of heavy infantry. And you've got no light foots in your army to, to sit in front of them. So if heavy infantry move up to four point one centimeters, do mm-hmm. they then move three to almost one of the enemy? Yes.
0: No. no they, they do. Yeah, but they can't. You can't, can't do that. No, but you can't do it as a second move because you're still stopped at four. No,
3: no. So you move. Uh, yeah. So you move up and six. You move to a point where you're you're four point one centimeters. No, yeah.
5: yeah. 0.1 UD. No, no, you have, you
3: can move up. The rules are very clear, and,
6: made, and I think this is one of the nice things they've made clear in version four. You move two, you move up to four UD. Yeah. So it's not like in DBM or fog where it's you had to remain outside. Now they've made it abundantly clear you can move up exactly two, and they also done the same thing to the zoc. Um, the way they explained the zoc. So if you put a zoc marker down and the zoc marker fits exactly into it, so it's, you know you UD square, you're not zocked. You've got to be inside the zoc, and I think that's a nice. It annoys me, but at least it's a, it's a clear clarification. You have to be inside to be in the effect. If you're at it, you're okay. So. Um, it's going to be like you know, the Swedish Ladang or Viking armies. You can actually get across the table a little bit and actually run after armies, as Peter was saying, once the, um, the armies are broken apart, you can actually then try to chase things down rather than looking going, there is no way in hell i are going to
0: slides um if you're charging or contacting enemy you don't have to advance one ud in order to slide um so that's just making it easier to get into combat isn't it without some sort of artificial malarkey um not really got an issue with that we probably were doing that anyway without noticing i suspect
2: Um, could you in that case if you were just out I'm just trying to think of how that affects um, being in and out of Zock. So could, would it be make it, would it make it easier to be able to pick your target um, rather than fight that one that you probably are going to fight? I want, I don't want to fight the elephant. I want to fight the chap next to him. Would that make that easier? Uh, it, if, you're, if, you're, wearing... if
0: you're already Zocked, you're already, whoever your fight yeah. is determined by the Zock. What it means is I think where it makes a difference is if you're very close, you're in a position to almost be an overlap, mm. but, there was a weird thing that you had to advance forward a full ud in order to slide across mm-hmm. into overlap now if you end in overlap you can advance forward half a ud and slide across as long as you end up touching someone so i think <laughs> it's just a geometry fix
1: i, don't <laughs> much I, much yeah. I think the um, key thing is knowing which is the most threatening opponent that's yeah. the key thing for most um, close moves yeah.
0: so extensions you can now move forward and expand at the same time, but you do lose a lot of movement for doing so. So,
6: Okay. I tried to read those rules and I, was, I didn't understand it, so that makes sense. So you can actually now move and expand a little bit.
0: You can move and expand, but but even if you're cavalry, so cavalry have got a move of four. If they move forward one UD, they can expand by two. Okay. Yeah. They moves for they lose one just for doing a move and expandy thing, and they lose one for each base they expand. So, so cavalry could, the you know, the furthest forward they could do is advance two and expand by one. So
6: it's, it's nice because it always bugged me a little bit that the cavalry couldn't, or light horse couldn't move and expand even a little bit. So, you're yeah. going to get one or two UD, just means you can do something.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, Light horse can contract by four units instead of three. Who who puts four light horse in a line? Don't know. Mind the detail. Um, exiting a zoc, you do it by doing an evade move. Now you make an, you roll for an evade move. You don't choose how far you go yourself. Or no, it used to be you went as far as you could, didn't it? Yeah. Now it's kind of a bit more random. Just a bit of a laugh.
6: I think yeah. good. This makes it makes the rule simpler and cleaner. Is in if you can evade. If you exit off, you evade, end of story. So it just makes the, oh, I thought, top of rules. It's you evade, there you go. Yeah, yeah, just out of it.
0: But, yeah, sometimes they just can't get back. It's it's because they roll long or they roll short yeah. and they end up in oh, the wrong place. Oh, it's oh, kind oh, of fun.
3: In the past, if you've got a line of heavy cavalry bow facing something in shooting, they had to turn around 180, go back, their full move minus one, and they were still showing their ass to the enemy. Now they go back and they're, they're facing the right direction. So if the enemy comes up again they can shoot again.
0: But they only go to UD now, so
3: I think. I don't a, think so. That's no, yeah. that's a big one. When, you, when you evade, you still stay facing the right direction. No, you
0: don't. No,
3: you turn around and go
0: backwards. Light, light infantry, light troops do, but not cavalry.
6: Sorry, I was thinking the, the, um, the break-off, my apologies. I was wrong. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think light troops turn, but I don't think cavalry no. do. It's only
3: light horses, yeah. Okay, right. No. Yeah.
0: Um, so and then anybody else who's pinned by a slower enemy can just march out, which is fine. Um into penetration they just, you know, that shifting thing. If you're shifted, you can't then move, which yeah. was something that was faqed in version three anyway. We've been playing that for years. Um there's a very odd corner case thing about sliding along the front of an enemy that is almost impossible to ever have happen um the charge procedure um has been explained in much more painstaking detail which is much much clearer in in the move sequence and um they make it clear that if you are charging as a group and you're not ending up in um, a support position you can just carry on charging and try and hit something new. So groups can break up, um, which is fine. Um, Uncontrolled charges can't go into a kind of catcher's mitt where they end up hard flanked. Mm -hmm. That's a a reason for it as well. Um, It's just all common sense stuff, that really, isn't it? Um, You can't block and evade with the back corner of your base. No more buttocks of death in this one it's tidy um a bit better um just trying to think <sighs> yeah more more buttocks of deathcon. conforming has been tidied up and put together in a whole chapter about conforming because that was a dead confusing bit for a long time wasn't it and a
4: lot of pictures for that as well so i think it's really pitches. good with the explanations
0: yeah loads and loads of explanations um we're, we're chugging through this one so um combat melee we've already talked about bowman uh, mixed units can now charge everybody there's this new um hard flank um simple support and melee support so it's it basically is a plus one for um to what it was if you're hitting the flank by somebody who's half decent is the gist of it Yes. so
6: can you run, run the by again I, I tried to read the rules i did, didn't understand this one
0: Okay. So in the past, if you're fighting someone face to face, and then one of your friends comes and hits them in the flank, you would get a plus one for that.
6: Yeah, you just get the, you get, no the you get the overlap, that's
0: it. Now you get the overlap plus one plus their basic factor, yeah, which is almost four, always four, one.
3: Plus two.
0: Pikeman is always plus two. Light infantry is nil. So so you get the same as you did before. Plus their basic
2: combat factor. So Ooh. does that mean you wouldn't get the impact bonus, but spear and pikes would get their special plus one bonus?
0: Um, because, yes, because that's in their basic factor, although the spear and pike special plus one bonus is only if they
6: receive a charge. So they, oh, okay. <laughs> so they can't get it.
0: Okay. Yeah,
6: so, so if you've had, um, if you got two units fighting each other as yep. all is yep. good. Somehow you've managed to get a pikeman on the guy's flank, you yep. turn the previous turn. Yep. In this turn, he charges the enemy unit in the flank. Yep. So you get, say, for example, you've got swordsman versus swordsman, so you're one. Yep. Life is good. The enemy unit drops to minus one, gets a disrupted marker. Yep. He then fights zero, minus one for being disrupted. So yep. minus one. You are one swordsman, yep. two for the overlap. Yep. Oh, so plus one for the overlap. And no, the, it's, it's not two for the overlap. And, no, no, oh, no he's, he's one, doing the factors. One plus one, one over one, and then you get the plus two for the pike. You do pike. absolutely,
0: yeah. So that's you get right. four minus one, and that would be over quite quickly. That's going. Then again, good if, good if, if well, you hit someone good. in the flank with a pike, that should happen, shouldn't it? <laughs> I guess if you can do that,
3: I can yeah. no longer unmaneuverable. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm so saying.
0: If you can do all those, if things, you can do it, well done. Fill your boots, mate. But
4: oh, I, can't, do you, I can't. I can't un, unmaneuverable though
0: it's really bloody awkward because they're unmaneuverable,
2: peter that's what not we're
4: Unmaneuverable.
0: Saying. no okay well they're nearly unmaneuverable. one thing oh, it okay. does
2: do is it adds do you know you said that mediocre swordsmen are only four points and nearly three being mediocre doesn't matter if they're the ones going to flank so that yeah. makes them um quite useful yeah, yeah absolutely lighting up definitely definitely um that's why i need to buy system. more indians
0: on the flank by a pursuing unit when already in melee loses a cohesion point so again
1: that's just tidying up as well isn't it um no that was good because before if you were in a melee and you pursued and hit somebody in the flank who was fighting frontally they didn't drop and you had yeah. to wait until um
5: your own later, to get the advantage.
1: yeah yeah, yeah. So that's quite okay. good
0: there's some new stuff there's obstacles which are ditches and pits but, you know Cultrops, it's a combat obstacle that doesn't provide shooting cover whoopie Um Some people get sacred camp, which is like a fortified camp without fortifications. Um,
6: I think that'd be user, great that's for whoopie. like, um, you know, the Italian armies that have the carroccio because you have just an excuse to bring that cool model on the table.
0: Yep. Um, we've done the thing on initiative for light infantry. Um, terrain, this is kind of good. So there's now the terrain's clearer. Um, it's been rewritten, and there's now um, more terrain pieces, so both players can choose two of the same thing in pretty much everywhere.
3: Yeah, that's a good thing.
0: Which is the dominant, and there's some clever stuff in terrain that makes it harder for terrain not to end up on table. Is the gist of it.
5: And and for and for terrain to, not to end up all on one side of the table exactly
0: so terrain should now be more spread which adam that's great news for dacians really isn't it third
5: looking forward to fighting in the mountains
3: all the yes. forests it's really good planes it's it, one thing it stops is somebody saying right when there were previously there were three fields it was obviously right i'll take two fields and make them really tiny just yeah. to prevent you having a field you know you you can yeah. only have one field now you can take two fields and the other person gets two fields that's a big check that's good yeah
0: the road is now random hooray boring tedious road along the back which is great um and
5: the impossible terrain only in flank sectors in
0: the flank sectors that's nice as well
6: um um, dave having the impassable in his deployment zone and then trying to um, evade into the impassable.
0: Uh, you can't rotate pieces on a three or four
6: that's a big one. That's not on really good. Um,
0: good. Yeah, that's not as cheesy. Um, and then we're just into really um a different thing about army lists, which is which is a bit more um flexibility in some of the small minima. So effectively minima of two in a real army list no longer need to be taken. So you don't necessarily you talk about ally like contingent ally contingent sorry yeah you don't end up with some of these kind of odd things where they've got to have one of these and two of these and and it just doesn't really bloody work because there's too many bits um which is kind of cool and then um there's more strategists which is lovely and you don't have to take a strategist as a strategist to field those troops so all those armies that were sort of slightly hamstrung by having to be Hannibal's veterans Hannibal's veterans Hannibal can have a bad day and be fielded as competent so um so that's all good um really that's 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 kind of the summer isn't it are we all should we just give it a, a actually this this reminds me of when I had a job um this was something someone used to folks out of five for it thumbs up thumbs down run down the thing Simon where are you on this one give me a score out of five
6: I for me five out of five it's going to shake the game up it's going to make it interesting it changes the meta it makes me buy some more models and it makes the game a bit more interesting rather than you've basically paid for an faq
0: yep Tamsin, what about you five simple straight five yep all good dave mr saunders
3: um four with a reticence about the light horse and the (laughs) cataphracts
0: yeah (laughs) adam mr dacian Um.
2: I would say three going up to four, I, and I only say three uh, three going up to four, because it's like, yeah, changes are fine, it'll be fine, but I, I quite enjoyed version three, and version three I thought was fine as well, so changes, good. The one thing that I do like, though, is I always thought elephants were overpowered, yes. um, and quite a few of the changes have taken them down a notch, and I'm sure they'll still be fine, but as you said, um, if you could have elephants, you usually would have, and when you get troop type you're not making choices about, they were overpowered, so... Then coming down a bit, I think it's a good thing. Peter, what about you?
4: Um, I'm four to five. Um, The only reason why it's lost a notch is um, some of the lists where they've overdone it with the pole arms as opposed to having two handers. But overall, I'm very pleased. I really enjoyed version three. I think I'm going to enjoy version four. I like the fact that the meta's changed. I like the fact that they've changed the dynamic with the elephants and the uh, impact bow because it was just getting a bit too tired. So I think it's a good mix.
0: I, I think I'd, I'd actually echo exactly that I think you know you're right there's there's a couple of things that you suck sort of through the teeth and go is that a little bit too much but ultimately all there are so many other good changes in it that if you know no set of rules is um is ever perfectly balanced and we're making this stuff up without ever really having played Slipping, uh, and here.
5: the angle has landed.
1: i don't think there's anything in there that i dislike without having played it having played it there may be one or two things i've got queries but i don't think so so instinctively
4: i'd give it a five
0: Mm. good fantastic i
4: I mean i particularly like it that they've taken the time to explain more um like the conforming and some of the other bits which certainly in tournaments sometimes people can get a bit funny so um i think they've done really a good job that you could you could see people who have taken on board and we know the people involved as part of the committee have reviewed it sounds good really good
0: and the pictures are good as well of course
4: (laughs) all the fantastic
0: pictures fantastic well look i think on that note then we'll um we'll move on and um and that's our wrap-up so far of of almost having played um version four so this means war So look we've, um, we've we've overrun on that one so we will just crack on and, um, and roll up this week with the quiz so let's roll that funky music french boy <laughs> or shall we call you galaxy a 41 from now on the, uh, here, the eagle has galaxy a 41 beam in I'll, I'll try and find some weird sound effects and um, to play under the bottom of this and, and give us your, your,
1: your
0: give us your asteroid space themed um quiz answers from two and a half weeks ago
1: right well the question were about lack of leadership and i asked what was the reason for lack of leadership by each of the following generals in the american civil war the first one was Union commander Joe Hooker on the second day of the Battle of Chancellorsville in 1863. Anyone know? Is he dead? Function. Was he shot? No.
0: He wasn't Function. shot. Pardon? It's usually, it's like syphilis, then, isn't it, with the syphilis? Concussion.
5: concussion. Concussion. And concussion. Shot out yet the previous day.
1: Well, not quite. Um, well, he was alleged to be drunk, which was uh, true some of the time, but not this time. Um, it was more likely to be concussion because. A roof timber fell on his head when his headquarters was bombarded by Confederate artillery. Um, the army, however, has a song called Joe, Hick- Joe Hooker is our leader. He likes his whiskey strong. So when he was out of command most of the time, it was because he was pickled. But this time it was because the, a roof beam fell on his head, which would probably impair most people's command abilities.
0: OK, then. Right. Now, uh, Mr. Mr. John Lee Hooker, then. That's him. Um, hit us with the next question.
1: Well, right, the next one was. What was the reason for incapacity of James Lettree at the Battle of the Crater, or Pimple, if you prefer, in 1864?
0: Can I say syphilis again? Just because I've I've now become, that might be my answer to all of these, if they're American syphilis. You may may say syphilis. Did a beam of wood wood fall on on his
3: head? head? Pardon? Did a beam of wood fall on his head? Well, he was in the crater. He was pissed.
1: He was pissed, that's right. He got drunk and was completely incapable of issuing orders to his colored troops who got trapped in the crater.
0: Right. Okay, then. Another drunkard. Well, that's a man after and, all our own hearts. And, the, yeah, and question number three. It was George
1: Pickett at the Battle of Five Forks in 1865. So what reason was it that he couldn't uh, exercise command that day? it's
0: laughing too much at the Two Ronnie sketch that he was nearly part
3: of. He was picketed. No. Syphilis. No. <laughs> the answer is no efficient.
0: He'd gone fishing.
1: Yeah. The senior yeah. commanders went on a shad bake. That's apparently an American uh, sort of outdoor trip for, 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 for trying to catch shad. And unfortunately <sighs> for them and their troops, the Union launched a major attack that day, which captured their position. And that led to the fall of Petersburg and ultimately surrendered by Lee eight days later. So I, while all this battle was going on and the Petersburg line was being broken, he and, he and the senior commanders were fishing and having a picnic on a barbecue. Having a shad bake. Yeah. Well, it, you know,
5: I, it might not have been a pro- so much of a problem yeah. if it actually told their subordinates where yeah. they were going fishing. Okay. Nobody knew.
0: Nobody knew. It was so a mystery. You think you have
5: cannons and think, well, perhaps we ought to go and
1: find out what's going on, but obviously they didn't know. Right. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Done. Oh, right let's, let's
0: let's have let's have let's hit us with the music then, and we'll um we'll be back in a moment. Oh, Astonishing. Um, So, Andy, hit us with some quick-fire questions on whatever weird theme comes from Galaxy A41 this week.
1: Well, you have a choice, really. You've got line of duty or heads of state. So, which would you like? Line of duty so passe now.
0: Let's do heads of state.
1: That's what I thought you'd do. Okay, right. So, these are um, three quotes by heads of state. I just want to know who made these quotes. Um, War is too. War is much too serious a thing to be left to military men okay right so what head of state did that who which head of state said belgium is a country invented by the british to annoy the french <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. and the third one is i'd like to know which which uh, head of state said you can always count on the americans to do the right thing after they've exhausted all the other possibilities
0: okay we we're, we're, we're nodding we'll let you um zoom off back to galaxy a41 and um Goodbye and roll the French music as your rocket ship takes off. team
1: ten, nine, <laughs> eight, seven, six, five. C'est une
0: maladie, Oh, that was a little bit of um, a Gali- <laughs> that was a little bit of a Gallic, Gallic French space interlude, which we weren't really expecting. And uh, I think on that note, we we're going to wrap up early, actually, and um and skip skip the battle reports as it is cracking on for us. But hopefully, we've um entertained you and maybe not enlightened you um about version four because you've already read it yourself already everybody's been pouring through it the internet's gone bonkers for it as time wraps up um so just a quick run around for what you've got coming in in the next kind of couple of weeks so adam what about you what's um what's on the paint table and the gaming table for the next couple of weeks
2: um blimey it's um well when there's a day that it's not raining i'm gonna do some undercoating and carry on with my uh lovely swiss pipe block with the parries
0: peter what about you what's what's going on in docklands
2: Uh, I'm going to finish off my Arabs
4: and I actually have a game booked uh, with Whoa. the uh, Mr Saunders on Monday night. So uh, I'm going to help him do some practice ready for his um, composition up in York. So uh, I want to bring is something. That, is that in the and, pub? Is that in the pub where we uh, meet? Actually in uh, real life. Uh, in, the
0: pub, yeah. going to the pub. in real life. So Dave, we know half of what you're doing. Then What, well, what are you doing in the week before you become employed?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is a tragedy considering the pub's just opened and... We can actually play war games again, but and I'm playing Gordon on Monday afternoon and then I'm playing Pete on Monday evening. And uh I'm painting Franks and um uh spending some money now. I can see some Ooh. money on the horizon.
0: Now you've got some. All right. Um Galaxy A41, what 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 planet are you gonna be on in the next two weeks?
1: This, uh, base, the Eagle has Um Probably painting some ten mil Germans and probably actually finally finish that project, uh, which which will sort of be good. And then um, if certain figures arrive, they might need some rebathing. So we'll, yes, we'll that is that. a
0: possibility. Yes, that, that might happen tomorrow, maybe even. Um, okay then, Tamsin, what about what about you? What's your next fortnight? Is it um, finishing hills, or are finishing there going the to be hills, little people on them?
5: Finishing the hills, and then I think I might. I've got. Some, I've been prepping some Judge Dredd figures, so I might paint those.
0: Uh-huh. Back to the favourites, and, and Simon, what, what about you?
6: I have absolutely nothing on the painting table, which is a, a tragedy. But I can see they've got a whole bunch of changes to try and get my head around. How do I um, adapt Renaissance to version four of the rules? Uh, okay.
0: Ah, oh, very scary. I'll, I'll have to see if I can deliver something to you that requires rebasing as well. And, <laughs> and I think from. From my point of view, there's probably a bit of rebasing going on. I might might start undercoating some some 15 mil um Spanish, possibly, because I've I've had that on the list, or I might paint up some other stuff that I've already got undercoated. But I've got a week off um down on down on the south coast. Um, in fact, doing a scouting mission for the Devonian Classic competition, which um is is going gangbusters at the moment. There's like about two dozen people already signed up nearly all of them in 25 mil it's going to be like a 20 strong 25 mil competition at least down in in brixton in devon at the beginning beginning of november a few weeks before warfare with a a complimentary theme to it and um and you can find that on the facebook group and um and other than that i'm sure the week after i'll no doubt be attempting to fit some games in um as well and as well as do more more shed investigation so as the as one shed door opens and another shed door finish, um, shuts, it's time to say goodbye this week. So goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.
0: there's quite a lot of background noise there is that somebody rattling something around
3: sounds like Andy and a galaxy far far away this means war this
1: means war you don't want to hear about my game against
0: Dave no, no no okay. I want to I want to go watch the telly
1: See if we can get Zoom working for next time. God, I don't know what the hell went wrong with my computer. Houston,
4: Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.